Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out podcast. Two weeks before a little NFL draft. lot going on. Breaking news out of Philadelphia. The impacts it has, not just on Jalen and the Eagles, uh, and credit where credit is due, but to other people around the sport like Burrow, Lamar, Herbert. We will talk about it all. Some other stories. Casario, Bryce Young, uh, Arch Manning made his debut. So some thoughts there. Middlecoff mailbag as well at the end of the show. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. And I will answer them here on this show as well as Sunday. I usually put out a mailbag. You can always hear, uh, go back and listen. It comes up uh, still on the feed. So if you need some content throughout the week, I answered a bunch of mailbag questions like I will do at the end of the show. Very, very easy to do and get into it. Just fire in those DMs and I will answer your questions uh, recording this before a big uh, uh, game two in Sacramento, Kings Warriors. Uh, that's a lot. A lot of people in my life are very, very heavily invested. Excited to watch that thing. You'll already know the outcome, uh, as well as anything else. I think that's it. I think that's it. So uh, merchthevolume.com. Check out the uh, the merch store. We're working on some three and out stuff. I got some good looking go low hats as well as Golo Polos. So uh, you want to cop those, go check them out. Good price points. You get a hat for 30 bucks. Uh, I got some headed my way. Very, very excited to start rocking that. And uh, and yeah, so let's, let's dive into the show. I, I had someone send me a DM that said, John, I'm a struggling college kid, but with your promo code, I got my girlfriend concert tickets. Saved a little money, and I really appreciate it. And that is what warms my heart. And that is why my friends at GameTime are the official ticketing app of this podcast. Download the app right now, GameTime. Very easy. Go to your smartphone, fastest-growing ticket app in America. Comedy, concerts, basketball, NBA playoffs, full swing. NHL playoffs, starting. Baseball, two-and-a-half-hour games. Go get yourself a beer. They're extending the beer lines now, I think, till uh, the eighth inning. I got you covered. GameTime, download the app. Promo code John. I'm saving you money. Don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. J-O-H-N, John, when you use the Game Time ticketing app. We all know where we're going to start here because uh, we woke up, depending on where you where you lived, to the breaking news of Jalen Hurts got a massive, massive extension. And there are so many angles of this, and I want to start first and foremost with the individual, the player. Because I think he is a fantastic example of it's not about where you start. Now, obviously, he started at Alabama. <laughs> but remember, he had a transfer because he got benched for Tua Tonga-Vailoa. There's not a soul in the football world who would take Tua over Jalen in 2023. Obviously. That includes the Miami Dolphins. But speaking of his NFL existence, he didn't go till you know, the second round of the draft. It's not like he was a top 10 quarterback. And let's face it, the majority of people, and I've talked to people around Alabama, the majority of evaluators, people inside Philadelphia's building, did never, not in a million years, think that he would be as good as he is. And that's where he gets credit. Because when you draft a player, right, it's, it's on you, and we'll get into the Eagles angle of this, but a lot's on the guy. And when you look at Jalen, and now following his career for a couple years, on and off the field, he, he deserves, as the children would say, all of his flowers. Because his focus, his discipline, 
his drive, his willingness to do whatever it takes to improve is elite. His intangible stuff off the field is just fantastic. Go to the Kelsey's podcast. I actually ran into Travis Kelsey at the golf course the other day. Fantastic guy. Uh, you should have seen him at the back of the range. He never stopped hitting balls for like three hours, putting and chipping. But w- when you look at Travis and Jason, when they had him on his podcast, just watch how natural he is. I mean, he just he's kind of just got it. I mean, I, I, I watched that podcast start to finish. I think this was during the season, maybe in last summer. It, it's really good. And from a playing standpoint, part of being a player, and we talk a lot about this, there's a reason coaches get a lot of money. It's on them to help you improve. But a lot of the NFL is schematics. So I, I help you, you know, gradually improve your technique, your fundamentals. But a lot of it is me as a coach calling good plays. And a lot of it is you as an individual doing everything humanly possible it is to be ready to play football. That means studying, uh, doing whatever it takes when it comes to your opponent and on yourself. So constantly improving for you as an individual, but also you against your opponent. That's been a big knock on Kyler Murray once they put that, you know, that clause in his contract. It's like, wait, you're giving this guy all this money and he doesn't study? That clearly is not an issue with Jalen. And then when it comes to just making improvements as a player, that only comes through hard work. And the only way you improve as a player in any sport, I'd argue in any walk of life, is doing the work. The mundane things, the basic things that help you improve. The overwhelming people, or majority of people that are successful at something, put in so much bleeping time, did that for the children, that you'll never see behind closed doors, early in the morning, late at night, because it's the only way to improve. You don't just snap your fingers. You don't just get on your knees and pray you're going to get better at something. It takes hard work. In some things, the hard work is different than others, right? If, If you're in the tech world, coding and being in front of a computer is different than gaining strength or if you're a pro golfer pounding balls or if you're a quarterback throwing in the offseason, whatever it takes, it's obviously different for every single discipline that we're all in. And it can't be argued that Jalen has had to have put in an insurmountable amount of work, an insane amount of effort behind the scenes to improve as much as he did. Because you watched him last year. Listen, I'm guilty. I thought when he came out, first I thought it was a crazy draft pick. I really did. Because I thought that Jalen was going to have to play running back in the NFL. I thought he was a terrible thrower of the football. And honestly, through about the first half of his career, I don't think I was that wrong. He was not very good. Now, he was a fantastic runner. That's why I thought he could be a running back. His running instincts are elite. He's not fast like Lamar or Kyler. He's much... I'm trying to think of a comp. I don't even know. He's more of like a Donovan McNabb, more powerful. He's different than Cam because he's smaller. But he kind of runs like a Frank Gore. It's like slow, steady, picking his spots, his instincts in space. He's awesome at it. But as a thrower this year, he became such a more... You just watch him and be like, yeah, he's throwing like an NFL top 10 quarterback. And I think Jason Kelsey said... It was either on the podcast they had with Jalen or maybe said it on another podcast that he does with his brother that he's the best deep ball thrower in the league. And forever that was Russell Wilson. And when I say deep ball, I mean the go route. And forever it was Russell Wilson. And now, based on last year, you saw Russell just flipped a golf cart somewhere. Luckily he's okay. Is that Jalen throws a beautiful go route. Well, look at the wide receivers he's got now. And... uh You got to give him a ton of credit because when this guy was drafted, I would say early on in his second season when he became... And here's the other thing. Even being drafted in the second round, he wasn't guaranteed anything. They had Carson Wentz on the roster who was making a ton of money and he just got his opportunity and never looked back. He got his opportunity, seized it, and the rest is history. And now we're talking about whatever, $250 million, averaging $50 million a year, all the guaranteed money. The reality is if Jalen just plays somewhere around the way he did last year, he's going to see every single penny of this contract. And as we've seen with star Philadelphia Eagle quarterbacks, remember, you know, being in college, Donovan McNabb, (laughs) you get a lot of endorsements your way. So money is not going to be an issue. And the other thing you would feel good about Jalen, and this is why character matters a lot in the draft, is he's not the type guy that I give money to and feel worried about his work ethic, 
his drive, uh, his competitive stamina and character, that, that, that's not something that really crosses your mind, right? Let, let's face it. Carson got that money and it started getting weird. It, it, it really did. And because money, you know, money's all relative, right? So if I give you, if you're used to making 50 grand, I start giving you 500 grand. If you're used to making a million dollars and I give you $12 million, it, it has, it can have negative effects or it can not phase you at all. It usually just shows more of who you actually are. And some of these memes over the years of Jalen throwing touchdowns and not even celebrating. Uh, listen, I, I'll take the L on Jalen Hurts. He is a uh, based on last year, and now it's about sustaining it and maintaining it. But based on everything in his past, you would say he, he's not going to slow down. He's not going to slow down. You just got to be careful when he runs the football. But the Eagles extended a guy that is probably, you know, in theory, their best bet since Donovan McNabb. You know, Michael had the one year, but it didn't last. Carson just had a moment, but then it got derailed. Uh, I'd feel pretty good about Jalen Hurts moving forward if I'm an Eagle fan. And now let's give the team some flowers because, like I said, I, who was not alone, thought this pick was nuts. One, they had Carson. Obviously, it was a very polarizing draft pick when they made it, but it worked. And it hasn't just worked. It set themselves up for a whole new era of Philadelphia Eagles football. And this gets back to the old adage from Bill Walsh of drafting quarterbacks all the time. Ron Wolf copied that in Green Bay. And now the Eagles, who just consistently draft quarterbacks, because you never know. And when you like a player, whether you have a highly paid player or whether you have a younger player, drafting quarterbacks is never a bad business. I saw it firsthand with the 49ers. They had the number three overall pick a couple years ago. And then two years later, they take a seventh round pick and Brock Purdy saved their season. Now, this is different because you, you allocated a second round pick for a team that felt relatively close. But within a year... Carson was shot. I mean, where we sit right now, like, think about this. Carson's out of the league. Now, I I don't believe that his day of playing, like, his time in the NFL is done, but it doesn't look great. Like, he's definitely not trending in the right direction. His days of being a starting quarterback are over. And uh, the Eagles get a lot of credit for following a philosophy, and they've talked about it a lot, and I've seen it firsthand of developing quarterbacks, allocating resources toward quarterbacks, paying a lot for backup quarterbacks, drafting quarterbacks, even when you don't need them. Why? Because it usually pays off and you can never have enough. And every quarterback, every backup quarterback is just one snap away or one disastrous situation. I mean, they literally won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And now they got to another one with Jalen Hurts. If I would have told you that at the beginning of both those years, I guess it would have been 17 and this year, I don't know if you would have believed me. And it worked out. And here's the other thing. It's one thing to draft a quarterback. It's another thing to pay him money. Do you know what the key is? Is to allocate a lot of resources around the guy. That's with the coaching staff. And that's obviously with the players. Because quarterback, this is not the NBA. I can't have LeBron or Steph or Kawhi and just have those guys in the playoffs score 40 points every game. They need help. Even in the NBA, you need help. But in foot in football, at quarterback, you need a lot of help. And the Eagles deserve a lot of credit for a couple years ago, they drafted, um, can't even think of his name right now, Jalen Rager. And obviously it was a missed pick because they could have had Justin Jefferson. Disaster. Well, not really, because a couple years later, they punt on it. And they double down and they make a trade for A.J. Brown who is very close friends with Jalen Hurts, and they extend him. And that marriage couldn't have gone any better. The year previously, after some missed picks, you know what they did? They took the best player from the best program, Devontae Smith. So you look at his two receivers, they're awesome. They also have a sweet tight end in Dallas Goddard. They also, the core philosophy beside quarterbacks of the organization is the line of scrimmage. Look at their offensive line. Consistently, one of the best in the NFL. So, and this was the knock on Carson. It's like, Carson, you got some talent around you. The Eagles always put put money, put resources, put draft picks toward the line. They always develop, are aggressive with the outside wide receivers. They always love their tight ends. And consistently, they, they hire offensive coaches. From Andy to Chip to Doug to Sirianni. Offense, offense, offense. And they've been rewarded for it over the years. They have been consistently competitive. I know they've only won the one Super Bowl, but 
really of my adult life, starting in the early 2000s with Coach Reed till this year, the record's pretty damn good. <laughs> they're good a lot more than they're not good. And I think a big reason is that, a big reason for that is the way they allocate their resources offensively. And it consistently pays dividends. And it did this year, and it's just why a lot of people are going to pick them to be one of the better teams next year. And Sirianni, and you know they had an offensive coach become a head coach in Steichen. What do they do? They immediately elevate their quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, who has been a highly thought of guy for a long period of time. Former Utah quarterback. So they, they shouldn't skip a beat. And uh, I, I think everyone involved in this, Jalen, Howie, Sirianni, Doug Peterson, who put him in at the end of that season when they benched Carson. A lot of people played a role in this. And uh, it's cool to see. It, it, it really is. And speaking of this contract, I do think it has massive impacts and ripple effects and dominoes down the rest of the league. And let's look at a couple teams and a couple individual players that are going to benefit. If Jalen Hurts gets that contract in which he did today with all that money and averaging 50 a year and 170 plus guaranteed, what is Joe Burrow thinking? Joe Burrow has 69 touchdowns the last two years. Two years ago, he beat Patrick Mahomes to take the Bengals to the Super Bowl. This year, he had him right there again on the precipice of going to back-to-back Super Bowls. He took over a team that was a laughingstock a couple years ago and has immediately become arguably the second-best quarterback in the sport. I would say based on today, if Mahomes is one, you could make a very, very strong argument, and Bengals fans often get mad at me when sometimes I forget his name, and part of it is the, is the franchise he plays for. He's the second-best quarterback in the league. So if Jalen gets that really based on one year, but it's, it's really based on three years, a character, work ethic, the future, you're kind of betting on the come. Burrow is not just betting on what he's done. Like, I mean, his resume is much better than Jalen's given that they've had back-to-back successful years with him leading the charge. I just don't see how he doesn't get more money. And this goes back to a couple years ago where they, you know, they changed, they sold the naming rights to um, Paul Brown Stadium because they needed more income. They needed money to pay for Joe Burrow's contract. Well, it's coming. I would expect Joe Burrow to get extended this offseason, and I would definitely expect that number to be higher. And here's the thing, and this gets back to Mahomes, this gets back to Burrow, this gets back to Rodgers, who's been making a lot of money for a long period of time, Peyton Manning, it's all relative, but in the 2000s was making a ton. You can pay a guy a premium if they are a premium. If Jalen's going to play like he did did last year, he can... You could allocate a lot of cap space toward him and be okay. If Burrow and Mahomes keep playing like they're playing, who cares what their cap number is? They are good enough. Rodgers forever doesn't mean you're going to win the Super Bowl every year, but if those guys play at a high level every single year, you're going to be 10 to 13 wins and in the playoffs, right? And that is, and those guys are competing for MVPs and Pro Bowls. And honestly, you got as good of a shot as any once the, once the dance starts to win the whole thing. It's why we always push back on Dak and Cousins. Those guys are good, and you can make the playoffs. But once you get there, they're not good enough. I know Burrow hasn't won a Super Bowl. I know Jalen hasn't won a Super Bowl. But if they play like they've been playing, they are good enough to win a Super Bowl. Jalen in that Super Bowl was incredible. Burrow in the Super Bowl two years ago, I I thought the Bengals were going to win. I mean, we're sitting there on the couch like, are the Rams really going to lose to the Bengals? I think a big winner today was the Ravens. Because the day and age when Lamar and his mother think they're getting Deshaun Watson's contract. It ain't happening. No one is giving out that contract ever again. Just because someone made a terrible deal does not mean other teams are going to do that. Now, there are reports about contract offers going to Lamar uh, for large amounts of money. I, I just think, like, Lamar, this is kind of the rate, man. It's a ton of money. You You change your life forever. It's one thing if you're you know, getting below market value offers and numbers that aren't remotely close to what they should be. Like, if the Ravens are putting out numbers like this hurts and what Burrow's going to get, like, sign the contract, man. What are you doing? You're getting terrible advice. (laughs) It's not smart. This isn't good business. Take the emotion out of it. 
Coward said it for years. It's wise words. In, in business, you have to remove the emotion. You have to. Because the only way you can think clearly, and, and let's face it, business is emotional. Why? Because it takes a lot of our time, put a lot of effort in, depending on what you do for a living. I mean, you allocate more time for business. Sometimes you do your family, right? But when you get too emotional about it, it's hard to think clearly and you can make poor decisions. If the Ravens are in this ballpark, like sign the contract, bro. That's, I mean, this is, this is NBA money. This is Scott Boris level contracts. This is more than fair. Like you're properly compensated. And hopefully this Lamar situation can play itself out, but you know, he made some demands that he wanted OBJ and uh, DeAndre Hopkins on his team. And the reports were like the Ravens, we can't sign both. We don't have unlimited money. We're paying OBJ $15 million. Hopkins makes 19 and a half right now. How much money do you think we got, Lamar? This is a salary cap league. We're not the fucking Yankees. Uh, so Lamar's mom, I, I wouldn't uh, put her in the Drew Rosenhaus camp. But they, they got to get that figured out sooner and later because passing up way too much money. It's just, it's just not smart. I wouldn't say this guy's a loser. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. But I, I do think it's fair to say Justin Herbert, like what Jalen got, Jalen's now been to a Super Bowl and got to the Super Bowl and dominated. And Burrow, whatever he gets more than Jalen, like back-to-back conference championship games and been to a Super Bowl and dominated. I'm a big believer in Herbert. I think he's awesome, but he's probably not worth, based on his resume, as much as that, just because of the postseason. Now, again, all relative, if we're talking 170 guaranteed, like, I think it's fair if the Chargers offered him 155 guaranteed, you know, 160. His number is still going to be massive, uh, that year per average, which to me is always kind of stupid, because that's not really how you get paid. You get paid in signing bonuses and the cash flow of a contract. This is not the NBA or baseball where you get a four or five year contract and every year is like 38, 42, 43. And it's all that, that money on that given year. It's not the way it works because of the escrow accounts. It's clearly a little more complicated in the NFL, but you get the large sum of money over the period of time. And I I think Justin Herbert is going to get an astronomical amount of money. Now, the only question is we know we know Dean Spanos, especially us on the West coast loves that savings account. It'll be very, very difficult for him to cut an enormous signing bonus and put the extra in escrow. That's not, you know, it's just, he cringes at that. Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, let's cut that check, baby. Let's cut that check. Let's pay our people. Because that's what they've been doing for a long time. Uh, They they pay premiums for premiums. Chargers, you know, it's like, ah, they start arguing and it'll get kind of ugly. It's like, just pay Justin Herbert, man. Just just pay Justin Herbert. Look at the Ravens. I'm giving the Ravens some credit. Like, they're trying. Lamar thinks he's getting, you know, $250 million, like, name coming. Uh, but fascinating times in the NFL, enormous amounts of money flowing. Never been a better time to be a really good player in the league. Obviously, quarterbacks are just getting, uh, you know, enormous direct deposits now and signing bonuses. 
But look at the other positions. Look how much money tackles are getting, pass rushers are getting, wide receivers are getting. Star running backs even get paid. I mean, it, this is this is a glorious, glorious time. This is the golden age of uh, of cash flow for the league. You know, we talk a lot about owners making so much money, and it's true. The players have never made more, and they're in a direct rev share in this sport, right? I mean, they get. I don't have it in front of me. It's like 50-50 or 49-51 or whatever it is. And the money is flowing right to them. It's flowing to coaches. It's flowing to a lot of people. And uh, obviously, if you're a really good quarterback, a lot of money flows toward you. A couple other things fire through. Bryce Young has officially canceled all his visits. All signs point. The betting markets to him being the number one overall pick in the draft. Um... Listen, I, 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 you just watch him play for two years. It's not really debatable. One thing that's going to be impossible to argue because we won't know until he has to play is just his size. He's very small. Uh, now, will that translate to him getting hurt? Only time will tell. But his play, he's going to be able to play. He played behind. It's like, well, how's he going to see? Well, he played at Alabama. Who, who do you think is playing guard and tackle for them? Little tiny people? Of course not. I mean, they got NFL guys playing an offensive line. So it's just going to be, can he stay healthy? That, to me, is my only question. Every, every box he checks, production, uh, instincts, arm, mind, work ethic, character, resume. I mean, he's, he's done it all. It's just, hell, he even played at Alabama with players that aren't as good as some previous eras. It's not like he was throwing to Jerry Judy, and, and some of the stars they've had, uh, you know, Ruggs, who obviously is in a bad situation. Uh, I'm trying to think, who's the group? It was Ruggs, Devontae Smith, and Waddle. I mean, he, he's not playing with those guys a- at all. Another story today, and I, I asked some people around this, this weekend about uh, Nick Casario. Because there were some rumors that he was, he's out. Right, he's going to get fired, and a bunch of people that kind of in the know said, "I have not heard that." Not that that's not a rumor; they've seen the rumor, but they don't know if there's validity to that. Well, today Casario did his uh, pre-draft presser. Smart, the NFL makes every GM or head coach, you know, participate. It just gets the it gets the news cycle going. Keeps slow times, not, not as much going on, especially this week in, in the league. But Casario basically had like a. Leonardo DiCaprio, as Florio wrote, like, I'm not leaving. He basically said it's embarrassing that he even had to address it. Spent multiple years building this thing up, and now they're kind of ready to move forward. And the, to me, there are two questions surrounding the Texans. We, we hit this up, I think, our last podcast or last week. Would they take a quarterback? And if it's not Bryce Young, it doesn't look like they're going to take a quarterback. And would Casario not be the GM? Because we had people asking last week, like, would Adam Peters go with D'Amico? Nick Nick Casario did not sound like a guy who's not going to be there. Which, if I'm him, I would want to be there because I think D'Amico's going to be really good. Reason he hired him, right? And now they got all this draft ammo. So uh, these next couple years will kind of define Casario's career because let's face it, right now it hasn't gone really well. It's been pretty ugly. It's been pretty embarrassing with those coaches. Now there have been other variables, right? No one would take the job, especially two years ago. But assuming he's telling the truth, maybe that's what he thinks. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be pretty fascinating because. The week after the draft is usually when there's some curveballs. I, I, I've been saying I'll be shocked if Sean Payton with the Denver Broncos just it's status quo there. Like the GM just going to stay? I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time seeing that one. A couple other things. The Chiefs, I, I love this. This just shows you they're such a high-level operation right now. The, mo, a lot of teams these last couple weeks have, have shown up for these voluntary workouts. And in this original phase, it's really just some film and some lifting. You're not like on the field with coaches or anything. So it's not, you know, most of these guys, especially veteran quarterbacks, at home working out, like this is not that crazy, or just players in general. This, this is not the 70s and 80s when it's like, you know, I drank beer all summer long and I just showed up to get in shape. Like those days are over. Good guys work out, stay in shape all year long. There's no just firing down hot dogs and drinking 12ers, you know, for six months and then just showing up in training camp like, time for the Junction boys to work it off. Like, no, it's that's not the case. Nick Bosa, I've seen Nick Bosa for the last couple of years. He doesn't even show up in the offseason. He comes back every single year. He's more chiseled. It's like he, he ain't just at home, you know, screwing around. And that's most players. 
but the Chiefs just do Zoom only. No one's even there, and people go work out with Patrick Mahomes. Like it's they, they just got they got a good thing going, man. The coaches can still focus on the draft with the with the front office, spend a couple hours on the Zoom, and just worry about Patrick uh, throwing in Texas with his guys. I'm telling you, I, I ran into Travis Kelsey last week. Went up, introduced myself, told him that I work for Coach Reed. He couldn't have been any more normal. Just it was just a really high level, you know, for a guy that's you know on top of the world, really famous. Again, this is a small, maybe five to ten minute interaction. It was just impressive. I mean, it was just down to earth, cool guy. And then I watched him because I went and hit balls. He's got a buddy that's like um, you know a fringe pro corn fairy guy. They went and hit golf balls on the back of the range because that's where the pros go. And I just wa- he was putting and chipping for like three hours. Now again, it's not it has nothing to do with football, but you can't dispute these guys' work ethic. I mean, they got some focused cats, man. And even Travis was like, "Oh, when are you going back to Kansas City?" Because he stays out in Scottsdale for a little bit. He's like, "Yeah, we got OTAs." <laughs> these guys love football. The Chiefs, they're gonna be my pick to win it again. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I don't see. You know, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. But I don't see how you don't pick them next year going into the season, assuming that everyone's healthy by the time they get to week one. Arch Manning, uh, who's technically not the starter right now at the University of Texas. Quinn Ewers, the guy that went to Ohio State and then transferred, is, I guess Sark said, he's the starter. And obviously Arch is, you know, high school guy, comes in early, made his spring football debut. So he's got 15 off-season practices in spring, the spring game. He was like 5 of 13, whatever. I do think it is going to be one of the biggest stories in college football if the starter struggles at all. Arch Manning, Arch Manning, Arch Manning. I don't know in recent memory if there has been a player as famous as this coming into, coming into college. Right, you become famous really fast. The Tebows, the Reggie Bushes, the Clownies, whatever. Once you're at school. And Julio, and Clowney and Julio and some of these huge recruits have momentum. But Arch Manning obviously has a ton of momentum. He's the number one recruit. But I think he is like on a completely different level in terms of the way that we talk about quarterbacks just because of Peyton and Eli. I mean, you can't turn on, if you're just flipping channels and you go by ESPN and listen, <clears throat> I like these guys. I think they're pretty entertaining, really entertaining. It's just not quite the same with the, the Gruden quarterback camps. They're essentially doing that with Peyton and Eli, and even Arch Manning plays a role. I watched a couple. It's just not as good. Part of what made that kind of thing so special is was Gruden was just kind of crazy. I mean, that, that was must-see TV. You didn't even need to know that much about the quarterback in college to just be entertained by that content. And if you did, if your team was interested in the player, if you'd, you were a fan of that player, it, it was Gruden's quarterback camp was easily some of the best spring content ESPN did, if not the best for non-games that they had. And tried to watch some of this Peyton Eli stuff. It's just not as good. It's not even close to as good. It's no fault of their own. I think part of it was... Gruden's just fucking nuts. And it, it was just very, very entertaining. And it's just not quite as good now. But Arch Manning, I don't know, man. I th- I think Sark's on the hot seat going into this season, given that he has not had much success. Uh, they're headed to the SEC. You know, I, I think at minimum, he's got to win like nine games. I, I can't see a six and six, seven and five season flying again in Texas. They're paying too much money. They have too much hype. And again, that SEC thing, I, I think there's tangible pressure on him. Uh, Jalen Carter is now on the betting websites is the favorite to go to Seattle. Uh, th- that feels pretty likely. Un- unless they take a quarterback, which I-, I would not count out yet because I think they're tailor-made right now with Geno being the ideal bridge quarterback where they're still able to win. And it's different because I, I wouldn't say Geno is as good as Alex his career, but last season was better than anything Alex had done in terms of touchdown passes. Somewhat situation like that. You could start Geno. You could have a Patrick Mahomes. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to draft Patrick Mahomes, but my point is you can just redshirt a guy and sit him. The 49ers did that with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they're situated, and, and when are they ever going to be picking fifth? We saw everyone thought they were going to suck, including myself. What happened? 
They went to the fucking playoffs. They won nine games. They were really good. I mean, relative to what anyone thought they were going to be. I don't see why. Now they got draft picks. I think they're going to be competitive again. So I, I, I would imagine that it's between Jalen Carter and the quarterbacks. If they don't take quarterback and Jalen Carter's there, they will 100% take Jalen Carter. Because Pete, historically, in college, to the Seattle, pushed the envelope on this stuff, as they should. I mean, you take flyers. They've done it before, and they've had success. So I, I, I would expect them to do that again. Anthony Richardson, every time I look up, he's taking a different visit. I, I think he is one of, he's a guy that if you told me goes to number two or three, totally believe you. And if somehow he's there, like I, I'd have a hard time seeing him make it past Seattle. I, I really would. I think he goes in the top five. You, you know, I, I didn't think it was that crazy if you took him one, if you really liked the guy. We've seen crazier. Swing for the fences. None of these guys are guaranteed to be good. I love Bryce Young, but there's no guarantee. This is the draft. This is not Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck ain't walking through that door. I'm always a big believer just in life. Swing for the fences. When there's not an easy route, right? There's no easy route in the draft. Nothing is guaranteed. Jalen Carter's the best player in the draft on tape. I don't even think it's really debatable. If you told me that he's out of the league in five years because he just can't keep his head on straight, I'd believe you. I 100% believe you because you just can't trust him. If you told me he makes Pro Bowls and gets his shit together and matures, believe you too. I, you talk to some people about Will Anderson, who I like. You know, he can't really bend. He's I like him. I mean, I, I would take Will Anderson in a heartbeat, but th- th- not everyone's, you know, a true believer. Uh, and, and last but not least, a lot of people push back on my take on Saquon Barkley. When I say a lot of people, I just I saw it on social media. Middle cough, you gotta do what's good for you. You gotta take care of yourself. It's his time to get paid. Which I'd agree. If he was a fourth round pick, it's like, well, you know, three of his four years had a lot of success. He's, uh, he's only made $4 million, right? He's only made $5 million in his career. Last year, that was the big argument on DK, AJ, and Debo. It's like, you know, all these guys are second round picks. None of them have made big money. Time for them to get paid. And they all did. I Googled it because I was like, well... What? Where'd Saquon Barkley go again in the draft? Oh, yeah. He went number two overall. What was he doing last year? Oh, yeah. He was playing on his fifth-year option. How much has Saquon Barkley made in his career? I wrote it down. $38.6 million. Now, again, he plays in New York, where it's expensive to uh, buy a house, and taxes are large. But if I tell you whether you live in New York, California, or fucking Texas... I gave you $38.6 million. I would call that generational changing money. So the Giants have paid a premium for Saquon Barkley. $38.6 million he has been compensated. And now with the franchise tag, if he plays on it, he'll have, if he plays just on the tag, which he ref- claims he's refusing to sign, he will have made close to $50 million in the first six years of his NFL career. 50 fucking million dollars to play running back. A position that all of us agree. Like, yeah, wouldn't want to pay that. He's going to make 50. He has been properly compensated. He's been paid very, very well for a guy that has had some moments and been really good and also been MIA. Like sometimes guys that are late around picks, like underpaid for sure. Saquon Barkley hasn't been underpaid. If anything, he's been overpaid. And you could make the argument he's just been properly paid. But like, there are guys now holding out throughout the league for these voluntary workouts, which I've been going to OTAs for years. They've never been less important, at least on the field, right? And like I said, these are not guys doing beer bongs all offseason, eating ho-hos and pizza every night. Like most of these guys come back, they look relatively normal. Now, some, some of the linemen, like most of us normal human beings, can you know fluctuate with weight. But I, listen, the voluntary workout... Some of these guys, there's a million names I've seen. From Josh Jacobs to Quinn and Williams to Saquon Barkley to Dexter Lawrence that are not going to show up. And like, to me, all these guys, when it comes to voluntary, or excuse me, involuntary, like you got to be there. Voluntary is your choice. Involuntary, or or excuse me, mandatory is the way to say it. The mandatory OTAs. Are you going to show up? They all will. Right? Debo Samuel demanded a trade. I'm not showing up for anything. What did he do? Mandatory, he was there. Now, it was like a hold-in. He didn't actually do anything, but he was there. 
So all these guys, it's this is an easy one. You know, the rubber meets the road come training camp. And the training camp now with, I wouldn't call it the irrelevancy because I, I still think there's a level of, like if I'm Saquon Barkley, you've paid me $38 million and you're prepared to pay me another $11 million. Like I probably should show up to work, right? Quinn Williams, that one's tough. You know, he, he had a big breakout year last year. Pretty sure he was a pretty high pick too. Hasn't he made a lot of money? Like Dexter Lawrence, a little more complicated. I think 17th overall pick, right? Uh, sees Daniel Jones get paid. He, in a vacuum, Dexter, he's a really, really good player. Uh, but what do you pay for a guy like that? <clears throat> you know, I, I get it. That that one probably has more validity than, than some, like Josh Jacobs. He helped carry the Raiders to the playoffs, obviously. He's a first-round pick, 24th overall pick, so it's not like he made Saquon money. That one gets a little complicated. Um, but but I don't view it if you don't show up for some lifting and film sessions that it's that big a deal in terms of your ability to keep playing at a high level. I, I do think there's a level of respect for certain players that like is good business, and I think most teams agree that like when you're around, it's easier to get a deal done. We're around you every day. We can figure it out. Like no one for the most part, like the Ravens were never trying to screw Lamar Jackson. They offered him a lot of money. Now, when you have that mindset and listen, I've done enough deals at this point in time in my life. When you go into a deal with a bad frame of mind, or you get to a point where you think you're getting taken advantage of. And I bet a lot of people listening to this sometimes, you know, whatever you do for work, sometimes you're like, am I getting taken advantage of? It's, it gets in your own head. You can start overthinking it. You start getting bitter. You start getting pissed off. It's, I understand those thoughts creeping into any player's head, any human's head. But sometimes that's where you got to take a deep breath, take a step back. Like, is this truly happening? Am I getting taken advantage of? Or are we both benefiting from this? Right? Or have, have they benefited at times and I benefited at times? And I've screwed them. They've screwed me. And it's it's relatively an even marriage here, right? Where it gets out of whack is like, are, are they getting 80% of this deal? And I'm only getting 20%. And I think the, the better and more quickly you can get to a resolution of like, no, this is actually pretty fair. It's easy to be, because it's, it's very hard to operate. Uh, and money's all relative. Like you, I can be paying you 50 grand. If you think you're getting screwed, you're going to be pissed off. I can pay you $50 million. You think you're getting screwed, you're going to be pissed off. We're all humans. The, the wiring doesn't change. So when that's in your head, I, I get when it's in your head, you're mad. But should it, like, are you correct for thinking that? And the faster you can realize, like, yeah, actually, if I'm Saquon, the Giants have taken pretty good care of me. <laughs> Paid me a lot of money. And they're prepared to pay me even more. <laughs> right? Like, it's, I'd say it's been pretty uh, a fruitful relationship for all parties. <laughs> right? For everyone, you know, under this uh, this contract, myself and them. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies waving at the babes and enjoy myself so my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car and uh, we built the boxes from scratch had multiple 12 inch subs and you could hear me coming from a long long way away with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive 
at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's dive into the mailbag. Add John Middlecoff as the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the podcast. I'm watching the show, I'm sure many of you have as well, called Beef. It's on Netflix. I'll be honest, when I watched the trailer, I'm like, I don't know. But I heard enough people talking about it uh, just on the interweb, on the internet streets. I was like, you know, I'll check it out. Glad I did. Excellent. Very, very entertaining. Very different from most things you'll watch. It's just, just a unique show. It's entertaining. It's good. Funny, yet serious. Um, I like it a lot. I, I, I really do. I'm not going to lie. Succession, you know, I, I, I still got to watch Sunday's episode. This season feels, you know, it's probably the proper time to end the bad boy. Have really enjoyed it. Uh, do enjoy the acting. Uh, enjoy the characters, but not going to do any spoilers because it's still relatively new. But it's, I, I'm over it would be strong, but I, I'm cool with it going away. Love the show. Wanted to ask you what you make of this Hertz contract. I'm seeing a lot of contradicting input on Twitter. It's team friendly. It's putting the Eagles in Cap Hill. What you say? Well, the way this stuff works, and I don't know if I talked about it when we broke down the positives, obviously Jalen earning it, the Eagles doing this deal. The cost of a quarterback's cost of a quarterback when you're going to extend a guy and he's a Pro Bowl level guy, right? It's just, is that guy worth giving the massive extension? Like Dak was a Pro Bowl level guy. My pushback is like, God, is he worth this money? You could argue, you know, I think it's up for debate. And to me, he's kind of where I draw the line. Like, Kyler, I never would have given that contract to. Right? Lamar, it made sense to do it after year three. Now, I'm probably guilty. Maybe I said at the time I wouldn't have done it because there was still some unknown with him. But I think looking back, you would have liked to do it after year three. Right? Joe Burrow's going to have it done after year three. Josh Allen had it done after year three. Mahomes had it done after year three when you have a really good player. Now, because he's a second-round pick, he has a four-year contract. So this is a contract extension. So it's basically to go on his fourth year, and then you get five years, you can allocate... You know, I'm not a capologist, but you can basically spread the money throughout a period of time. And, uh, you know, if the salary cap keeps going up, even if he has a large quote-unquote cap hit in three or four years, if he's playing at a good, good level... You could always extend them again. So you kind of just keep pushing the can down the road. It's going to have impacts. When you, when you pay someone a lot of money, it impacts your cap at one time or another. Maybe not. Right, The 49ers gave Hargrave $40 million signing bonus. His salary cap hit this year was $6 million. So it's, the cap's there to be manipulated. Now, in a couple years, it's going to be pretty big. Just like Jalen's. I bet this year it's not that big. But in a couple years, it probably will be. And if he's playing at a high level, you'll want to give him another contract. So I, I, I would not worry as much about the cap as long as he's good. You know, Patrick Mahomes, even with a team-friendly deal, still makes a lot of money. Still has large cap hits. But if you play like a pro bowler and you're good in the playoffs, that's really all that matters. Can you settle a debate once and for all for all of us between Purdy and Lance? The Niner fan base is somewhat split on this one. I believe Purdy is better. I just watched the tape. Purdy to me is more accurate in Kyle's system and seems to be the bread, seems to be the bread and butter of the offense. What's your take on them and who do you think should be quarterback one? Well, Purdy is the quarterback one if he's healthy. Why? Because he played really well. And like you said, he's accurate and Trey has not been, but he's hurt. And he said he's doing this thing with Buffalo Wild Wings, so he talked to reporters the other day. And he said that, I'm not even sure if I can play this year. Now, he doesn't, he's just saying that like, he's just got his brace off. So he doesn't even know if he can throw. If he's fully healthy, it's not even a question that Brock Purdy is the quarterback one. Now, like we just talked with Jalen, guys improve. People get better. And a lot of that happens when no one's looking in the dark. Right? Think of most of your improvements, whatever you've done in your life, is usually behind the scenes, Right? Like, you don't get, no one's staring at you cold calling people. No one's staring on you if you've lost weight, just not eating. Right? You got to put in the, or, or eating healthy. Like, putting in the work in anything you do, 
is usually not when people see. Now, in football, because some of these practices are public, we'll see some of it, but he can improve. The difference of Jalen and and Purdy, the, or in uh, Lance, if I was to even push back on myself, is reps. You know, Trey Lance has not really played. He did not play in 2020. Uh, he redshirted in 21. He only got basically a couple starts. And last year, because of his injury, he only got really a game. Or even Jalen, you know, got to play a lot. Multi-year starter at Alabama, full-year starter at Oklahoma, got to start playing five games at the end of his rookie year, full-time starter his second year, full-time starter his third year. Practice reps matter in football. They really do. That's iron sharpens iron. It's when you get better. It's when you improve. Uh, just like, you know, if you're a podcaster, the more podcasts you do, the better you get at it. If you're a writer, the more you write, the more confident you are. Whatever. It's the same for any medium. But in football, it's not just about practice. Like, the practice, then you get to put it to the game. And my golf analogy, like, you can hit all the balls you want. You can practice on the range. You can chip and putt. When you go to the course, it's a whole different ball game. And in football, like, you can practice up against anything. But once you start playing a different team, you don't know what's coming. You don't know where their defenders are going to be. And that's a question that only games can answer for Trey Lance. Even if his there was a video that went viral that his motion looked more compact, all that stuff is positive. But based on the games, I mean, Purdy was legit. I'm not just saying that. Like, I'm not some Brock Purdy homer here. Just watch the guy play. He was really good last year. Now, he benefited from having really good players around him. Like, that's what we talk about with Jalen. If you got good players around him, you can make plays. Why? Because you got talent, right? There's no excuse not to be good. And he exceeded that. So I think the only question now is health. Anytime you have a major elbow injury, you never know till you come back. So I, to me, the only question mark on Purdy, and I'm not saying he's going to be some star quarterback, like doing it three straight years, is. we'll see if he can do that. But just how does his arm react from the surgery? Got into a discussion with some friends the other night about the top five receiving cores, corpse in the NFL. What's your take? <laughs> it's a good question. I would say that come to my mind, DK, Lockett. I don't know if they had as good of... Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say when Lockett's healthy, those two. AJ and Devontae got to be right up there. Pre some injuries, Edvins and Godwin was really damn good. You know, a couple years ago, Amari uh, CD was damn good. You know, they change a lot, right? I mean, I think Ayuk's a pretty underrated player, and obviously Debo's a stud. The Rams just got Cooper Cup. They don't really have a number two. The Chargers, Allen went healthy. And Mike Williams is pretty freaking good. When the Chiefs had the two of them, I know Kelsey's a tight end, but those two guys, holy shit. What a dynamic duo. Yeah, man, I'm just going off the top of my head. I, I, You know, it feels like a lot of teams, and here's the thing. Receivers cost a lot of money. So uh, Tyreek and Waddle would be up there for sure. Uh, but once I get, like, part of the reason Ty- Tyreek and Waddle are possible... When Tyreek's making all that money, Waddle's on a rookie deal, even though he was a six overall pick. It's hard to get two like Devontae Adams on the team, right? You got Devontae Adams. Well, who's the number two receiver? Well, Renfro had a bad year, and he's on a second contract, but it's relatively cheap. But they can't afford to sign some guy, right? If Calvin Ridley bounces back, you would say Ridley, Christian Kirk was pretty damn good last year. If he can play like that and be a number two and Ridley can be a one, that, that can be a pretty good group. It's just very, look at the Vikings. They can't keep feeling, right? You just, it's it's very, or did they? I thought they cut him. They cut him. Am I losing my mind? But like, it's, it's you're going to have to pay Justin Jefferson a ton of money. It's going to be hard to have a really good number two receiver making any sort of cash. They just make a lot of money now. So it's very complicated. I, I would say based on last year, not even looking at the stats. I'm not looking at stats. I, I just come to. I would say AJ Brown and Devontae were the best one-two combination in the league. I, I, I'm sorry, Bengals fans. I left you out. H- Higgins and Chase would be right up there too. Higgins and Chase would be right up there too. You could make the argument that it was them. Again, I don't know if numbers back me up on this, but it feels like they would. I would say those would be the top two. Sorry if I'm leaving anyone out, but it would be Higgins, Chase, Devontae, AJ in some order. 
using my wife's Instagram account. I think the Niners would be an ideal landing spot for either Brady if he decided to unretire or Rodgers for a possible one-and-done season. Both would be get a legitimate shot at another Super Bowl on a loaded roster, and the Niners would get a primo quarterback for a year while Purdy rehabs and Trey hopefully continues to improve. Darnold will provide a solid backup, if that makes sense. Not sure what the cap hit dead money scenario would be if Rodgers retired at the end of the year. Any thoughts? Well, Rodgers is not coming to the 49ers. It's just not happening. There's just no chance. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The Niners have played the Cowboys the last two years in the playoffs. And most of my life, or not most of my life, three years or four years of my life when I was young and the two best teams in the league were the Niners and the Cowboys, that rivalry was freaking huge. It was like LeBron versus the Warriors. It, it was it was legit. But then it didn't happen for a while. So like I watched the Cowboys-Niners the last two years in the playoffs. Like, yeah, it's... It's not really a rivalry anymore. <laughs> you know, they, they don't really play each other very often. They haven't seen each other in the playoffs forever. The Packers and the Niners, even though they've had weird times since the 90s, they played a lot. Young and Favre played three straight years. In my adult life, the Harbaugh, McCarthy, Niners, and Packers played multiple times. Kyle Shanahan has played the Packers multiple times, and LaFleur's their coach. Like the Packers and Niners, sneaky little rivalry. And especially with Kyle there and LaFleur there, if this Jets deal were to fall through, which feels very, very unlikely, but if it were to, I I don't see it happening. I I, I think the Packers, as crazy as it sounds, I think they'd be more likely to sit on them and just say F you, kind of like Al Davis, Marcus Allen way back in the day, than trade Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers. I think it would get that bitter. I'm not even kidding. It would be far uh, Minnesota-level kind of weirdness. And Brady feels pretty content in retirement. Like, I'm kind of going to believe him. Maybe he's just done. Maybe he's just kind of over it. I saw Giselle was, like, wishing Tom happiness, and she's rooting for him, like, just in life, as she's off with the Taekwondo instructor. Question for the pod. Lifelong football fan, grown up in St. Louis, and on the greatest show on turf. And the city loved football. Now without a home team, I have a hard time finding a team to be a fan of. I want your thoughts on a team moving back to St. Louis. The XFL attendance numbers in St. Louis have been incredible. The city loves football and sp- or sports, and I think it's a sad. It's sad a great sports city doesn't have a franchise in the best sports town. Love the pod. Go low. All your reactions and fresh perspective on mainstream stuff. Not super locked into the XFL going to be completely transparent on that love football but xfl usfl not spending that much time though i did see a headline today that doug peterson's son playing in the usfl and i I, i've read some articles like you usfl it's not like thirty thousand people watch you know i think some some games have drawn close to a million people watching so it's been very successful now part of that i think fox is behind the usfl i i just Who's leaving? What NFL team is not working out in their current destination, right? Because sometimes, like in basketball or baseball, for example, the Oakland A's, complete disaster. Ownership doesn't give a shit. Nobody shows up. The team is terrible. So it's easy to go like, well, could we force them to sell, get a new owner, go to Vegas? It would have success. Kind of like the football team. They left it's been lucrative. If they get a new owner, they, they would be a powerhouse franchise in theory. But in football, like if you got some of these owners out, Snyder out, well, Washington's not moving. If you get Bidwell out, Arizona's not moving. Like who? What teams would move? And expansion, it's hard to find 30 quarterbacks. It's hard to find 15 quarterbacks. So there's a reason half the team's like, the NFL is in a pretty good sweet spot. Where baseball, I, like, to me, the Rays, who are really good, uh, it's just, could, think how much money they could make in Nashville. To me, the Rays in Nashville and the A's in Oakland make a lot of sense. The NBA loves talking about expansion. If anything, I would relegate. <laughs> but it does feel like Seattle and Vegas are going to get teams. Like, that feels inevitable. But you're like, whatever. I mean, if you get people to pay for it, NFL, I have a harder time seeing like the owners wanting to split money. I just don't know if the talent's there. 
You know, there's just not enough quarterbacks. There's just not enough quarterbacks. Now, if you told me that St. Louis and, I don't know, pick some other major city, got a team, you could charge like $8 billion a team. And that money could go toward all the owners. And then there'd be two more teams that would benefit from, uh, you know, it'd be a good look for the, uh, what am I looking for? Like the NFLPA, because they would have more players getting paid. What up, John? My question centers around the advertising on your podcast. Could you explain to us how advertisers get on your show and how they pay rates are structured? Is it paid per advertisement or length? Additionally, what about income? Straight from streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify? Does it make considerable portion of your revenue? Well, the way this world works in podcasting is no different than radio or television. We are an advertising-based business. So when you see on television during a game, the cost is, let's just pick a number, $500,000 to advertise during an NBA playoff game. Two and a half million dollars to advertise during an NFL playoff game. Whatever. It's no different a podcast. We sell based on how many people listen. And I've been lucky that with Colin and the volumes team, we got a lot of people listening. So it's based on how many people listen. Uh, because we have a successful operation, we have a minimum to buy in. And yeah, that's so basically people have to pay to get advertised. You're not going to find a sometimes an ad lib or whatever, but for the most part, like advertisements are 60 seconds, right? So when you hear advertising on the pod on different podcasts, you know, it costs more to get on Joe Rogan or, you know, whatever the successful podcasts are than a podcast with 2,000 people listening, right? It's just. No different than it costs more to advertise during an NFL game than it would to advertise during some random PGA golf tournament, right? Or some random television show. But it still costs money. Can I get a trucker hat autographed from Peter? Not a bad idea. As an Eagles fan looking at the new Hertz contract, I, w- I would sign you a, a hat. I just... Let's just see if they're make sure they're making it to their destinations, and then uh, that that'll be the next phase of our uh, operation. Could you explain how the large guaranteed money plays a part in being team friendly? Well, just because one, he didn't get his contract fully guaranteed. There's seventy plus million dollars that is not guaranteed. But when his agent, who uh, lady works for Clutch Sports, forget her name off the top of my head. I think her last name's Lynn. Uh, she's dating a guy or married to him. I think he's a coach for Deion Sanders at Colorado. The negotiation would be, you know, we're shooting for a Deshaun Watson type contract, right? That's where it would start. Now, you're eventually willing to come off that, but you gave him a deal like in five years, that guaranteed money, like there's going to be a guaranteed deal one day that's $270 million, so as times age, it becomes team friendly. Now you also, the way the contract is structured has a big impact on the salary cap. So the way that Howie wrote Roseman and, and the agent structured the contract to help the cap to pay for good players, which I, you know, we'll have to wait for the details to come out. Like when someone fully breaks them down thoughts on Jalen hurts, becoming the highest paid player in the NFL. Personally, I think he's overpaid. He's only had one really good season, but based on the guaranteed money, look like it's only about a three and a half year contract is guaranteed. How do you think they structured the contract? Well, he's going to get a massive signing bonus. And listen, this gets back to what I said originally. He does, Joe Burrow now has multiple years. He, he was the best player in college football in 19, beat the shit out of everybody, went number one. When he's been healthy and his team's been good, the Bengals have dominated like there is no, there's no hesitation. You know he's going to be sweet. Jalen does just have the one year of high, high level play, but it does get back to the guy. So you're betting on the human being. And when you bet on the human being, you just go, he's going to sustain it. He's going to keep improving. I, I think that's the mindset. So over overpaid in the sense of, the only way he's overpaid is if he gets back to two years ago. If he plays like he did in 21, then the Eagles would have a problem. But if he just slow, small, minute improvements on last year. Look who he has around him. Excellent offensive line. A.J. freaking Brown in the prime of his career. 
Young Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. I'm sure they'll draft a running back. They already have other good running backs. And their O-line's stacked. How's he not going to be good for at least the next couple years? And once you make it through the first couple years, like you kind of get through the guaranteed money. Right? $50 million a year. So if he makes it through three years and it was going shitty, you can always pivot. And here's the other thing. They, they just went through it with Carson Wentz. Didn't ruin their franchise. Like, they'll draft another quarterback. Hell, they might draft a quarterback this year in the fourth, fifth round just to have a cheap option. Backing the guy up. It's never a dumb move. So, yeah, I mean, I this is not one of those situations where he's taking up all their cap space because they'll fudge it. And then the moment his cap gets really good or really big, excuse me, if he's still good, they'll just extend him again and push the can down the road. And if he's bad, they'll try to get off of it like they did with Carson Wentz. Because <laughs> it's hard to see him be as bad as Carson was. Now, the one concern would be injuries because he is a running quarterback and he was injured this year. But it's the NFL. I mean, what are you going to do? It's part of the part of the biz, right? You just keep your fingers crossed. No one gets hurt. Anyone get hurt at any moment, but no issue with the contract. I, I think it's a pretty pretty easy one given the times that we live in. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, have a golf podcast out on Wednesday. Let's keep rocking and rolling, baby. Adios. <laughs>